0: Welcome, my name is Tim. I'm Dante.
1: And I'm Murphy Durfee.
0: And this is GoModa, link to the Past Randomizer podcast.
2: Yo, I like that. I like that, that, that level of excitement you're bringing to this episode, because we do have quite a, quite a lot of exciting news to talk
1: about.
0: Right, yeah, you gotta set the tone right away, you know, it's gonna carry through to the entire episode. Um, which we have recorded most of already, so I guess it doesn't really doesn't really make too much of a difference. But uh, I want to get the listener excited, you know? That's what I'm really going for here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think you did a pretty good job.
0: Sounds like I got Dante's baby excited.
1: No, that's uh, some kid in my hallway. Oh, that's yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's not I my just heard baby, a screaming child in the some background. Some kid down the hall.
0: <laughs> that's great. Um, well, as Dante said, we there is some pretty big news. I think well, let's just start. Like, let's just start with it right off, right off the bat, because um, this is going to affect what we're going to be talking about up through the end of the year quite a bit. So, Dante, why don't you go ahead and cover the uh, the big simultaneous uh, announcements that we got uh, on Friday, the twenty eighth of August? So much to Tim's dismay,
2: there will be no such thing as falsifiers anymore. <laughs> um, and I'm going to call them tournament qualifiers, because that's
0: yeah. what they're called. <laughs> it takes so much time, though, you know, it just like takes so long.
2: All right. So joking aside, uh, the main tourney has had some turnover. Uh, I won't speak too much on that um, as we have a correspondent in the field, but uh, I will speak on behalf of the league. So with the main tourney's absence, uh, we were uh, luckily reached out to by... Uh, the main tourney admins and said they said hey this probably isn't going to happen here's why and would you guys you know if you guys want to do a league let's let's do it like can we coordinate and the admin team talked about it and we said yeah let's let's make this happen so the alttpr league season three is happening this fall not next spring as initially planned but this fall and Uh, There's not too too many details publicly released yet, but the one thing we did plug is that there will be two leagues. One will be a 32-team invitational league, and one will be an open league uh, for anyone to sign up with or sign up to play in. And there will be no cap is our goal. So if we want to have you know 3,000 teams god bless us all but you know whatever uh i, I don't think we'll hit that many teams that'd be nine thousand players this community would grow a lot so um anyway we're that that's kind of our vision is just to accommodate everybody
0: yeah so this is huge stuff so this fall no tournament but we do have a ladder or a, sorry not ladder we have the league season three to look forward to as kind of our main event i guess for lack of a better sort of way to describe it but yeah, huge shakeup. Um, as far as the league information with the, the two leagues, uh, the invitational and the open, I love it. It's it's pretty much exactly what I was saying, I think, the last time that we talked about it was like I love the idea of having like this one that is the top of the top and then having sort of a second tier where folks can cut their teeth almost kind of like farm teams and, uh, you know, you have to assume that in uh, future seasons, there might be some moving around between those two. But I think this is a perfect way to handle it. I'm super looking forward to um, seeing which teams are kind of chosen as the the 32 for the Invitational. Um, so uh, on that topic, Dante, uh, obviously as a league admin, you have some insight into that. I don't know how much you're able to share at this point, but do you know how those 32 teams are going to be chosen?
2: Uh, I can tell you that, we have a system in place for it. Um and we
1: have our best men working on it.
2: Yeah, we have our best <laughs> men working on it. That means I'm not, no, I'm kidding. Um but what we do have is uh we do also have like a little mini backup plan. There are the there is the potential for uh, you know, people to bow out of the league, maybe not enter it, maybe it's not the best time for them, you know, and they get an invitation, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, we basically have almost every slot filled with, uh, our plan. So that can always, you know, uh, failure is always an option. So we'll figure out what we need to do. Like I said, if, uh, if we can't fill the Invitational League, I'm sure we can. So, um, yeah, it's, we have the plan in place. It's like, I want to talk about it, but I can't. So I'm like rambling. So yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but keep an eye on the league Discord. Be sure to join that. There's going to be a lot of announcements there. If you want to get involved and you want to be in the open to open league as well, like seriously, go go look for. There's looking for the team channel. Go go in there and chat with folks. No one's made like a free agent sheet yet, but like there's there's a lot of people really excited about this. I'm one of them, and
0: I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm excited about this. Um, you know, maybe a little. Uh, I don't want to say disappointed because that's even too strong of a word, but like you know, we won't have the tournament which I was looking forward to participating in, and then more than likely the Challenge Cup, which is probably where I would have ended up and participating in that. But you know, with the open league, maybe it's time to put a team together. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna think about it because I I do like having that you know main event in fall and, and being a part of it and kind of matching up. So. um I did wanna say this invitational thing, it does open up some interesting um possibilities. And I'm I'm sure it's some, you know, stuff that you guys are, are talking about, and I'll let you, you know, chime in here in a second if, if you care to, Dante. But like, you know, when you're saying like, okay, this team is good and now they get invited into the invitational league, that's three folks that like what if one of them like drops out or like another person comes into the team or like, what if uh, the whole team disbands, you know, like there's so many eventualities and possibilities of how this could go. Um, I'm definitely interested uh, to see how, how those kinds of things are handled.
2: Yeah. We're, we we kind of, like I said, we have a backup plan for situations like that. Um, what we're looking at now is uh, getting those invitations sent out to the players. Uh, and that way we can go ahead and get a, document showing what teams are still around what teams aren't you know what teams still are but yet maybe they lost a person so um that you know until we have that information and responses to our invitations that are going to be sent out then it's really hard to say all right this is the plan we need to enforce going forward uh we've got to get those numbers really lined up and once we have that then things will run like it, it it'll all come
0: together really i think really nicely sure Awesome. Definitely looking forward to that. Now, you alluded to something earlier about some uh, change-up in the administration for the main tournament. So let's go ahead and toss it over to our correspondent in the field, one of the tournament admins himself, Herfy Derfy. Can you give us an update on this?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can indeed give you an update on that. Uh, As could probably anyone who has read the announcements on the main tournament Discord, but uh, just to sum it up a little bit, uh, as Dante was saying earlier, the main tournament uh, with, it all started out with uh, SG Live and it being pushed back first and then being pushed to November and turning into an online only event. And that kind of kickstarted the admins of the main tournament into gear to be like, hey guys, what are we doing with the tournament this year now that SG Live is probably going to happen right in the time when we would normally have it. And, uh, You know, running two concurrent one-versus-one tournaments uh, would be kind of hard on the players, and there's also a lot of admin overlap for people who have to work admin shifts at SG Live as well as admining the main tournament. So that would also be a problem, and uh, it was decided together with the League guys that we would push back to 2021. And uh, after we decided all of that, uh, we the question also came up hey guys who is actually willing to stick around as an admin and keep working uh in and you know an administrative capacity for the tournament and out of that came that felix chris is owen and yours truly myself uh, will be leaving the admin team for the main tournament uh with the upcoming tournament we we currently still have the much-coveted VIP role, which gives us access to all the admin channels so we can still get all the dirt on everything. Uh, I'm apparently still a comm mod, as I've just noticed with the color of my name working on the <laughs> server, <laughs> which is fine with me. I'll, I'll stick around in that capacity. But yeah, that's, that's the big shakeup that happened. We pushed to 2021 to not coincide with SG Live and let the league uh, have their new big thing, which I think is awesome. By the way, I just want to mirror or echo what tim said uh that i think the way you guys decided on that i think it's going to be pretty cool yeah so yeah that's what's happening i guess i'm no longer a correspondent on the field my my vip status has been lost
0: <laughs> so how you feeling uh you know it's weird <laughs> yeah it's- i mean you were a main tournament uh, mod and then admin for like what, three years, something like that? Yeah,
1: three or four years, something like that, I think, yeah. Jeez. It yeah. was a long time, and uh, I don't know. On the one hand, I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't really, you know, contribute a whole lot last time I was there for decision-making and giving my input and everything, but, you know, everyone has an opinion, so I don't feel like I stick out in that way, especially – I didn't really do any of the hard footwork. I barely hosted any other qualifiers and all that stuff. That's really a lot of the, like, I don't want to call it grunt work because it sounds so dismissive, but it's a lot of the footwork, I guess. It's maybe a better term. And yeah.
0: So uh, now that you don't have all these, you know, admitting responsibilities, you're more freed up to do like more research for Go Mode podcast episodes, (laughs) uh, correspondence for us, stuff like that, right?
1: (laughs) I mean, in theory, yes, but I also still work as an admin for the latter. I will be adminning SG Live in November, despite it being an online event. So that's going to grab all my attention, probably. Right. So, yeah, you really
0: just trading out one event for another, honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, and who knows what happens until 2021, since we still have the VIP role. Who knows? Maybe, you know, at the start of the new year, I'll be fully back into Rando and I'll be like, hey, come on, I'll I'll come back. If they'll have that's, me again, if they'll let me reverse my decision, I, I won't completely rule that out
2: yet.
0: Oh, I'm sure they would. I'm sure they they would love to have you back. Um, well, that's awesome. Uh, I guess congrats for the you know the shakeup and and you know doing doing what's best for you and uh, definitely looking forward to participating in Speed Gaming Live. So that's kind of a good transition, I guess, to maybe talking about that real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, they have opened up their um you know registration for the various tournaments um a link to the past randomizer ocarina of time and uh, ocarina of time randomizer and what's the other one that's the main what's the other main tournament
1: oh man i already forgot but it's something that i I totally didn't expect i know that castlevania got another big bump
0: yeah that's like one of the like featured Mm -hmm. tournaments or something right yeah
1: Final Fantasy One randomizer. Final
0: Fantasy One, okay, yeah, interesting, and that's randomizer, right?
1: Mm-hmm. All the randomizers yeah. are top four. Super Metroid randomizer is only behind by like two hundred bucks, and uh, Link to the Past randomizer has overtaken Ocarina of Time randomizer. So. Wow.
0: Yeah, that was at first. I was pretty shocked to see that it had fallen behind so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's even out a little bit now. It's interesting. Huh. Cool. Well, yeah, not a whole lot to say about that other than, you know, I'm um, excited to hear that Herf's going to be working with them and I've signed up and we'll put a link in the description and it should be easier than ever to participate this year uh, since you don't have to go anywhere. It's um, not quite the same experience. But.
1: Working with them, by the way, is my best excuse for never having to participate in any of this because I'm not allowed <laughs> to as long as I'm adminning.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Cool. Okay. And now speaking of tournaments, let's do a quick update. Um, I went around and looked at all the current tournaments that we've talked about before just to see, you know, just kind of peek in and see what was going on with them. Uh, The main one to report on here is that German Speed Gaming Live 2020 qualifiers tournament has come to an end. I think that was um, the the finals were, well, I can tell you exactly. Let me just look right here. It was uh, Thalane versus Illus was what we reported last time and uh, ggs to illis took it three to one so congratulations on uh, winning that tournament in 2021 they'll get a free flight to speed gaming so that's pretty sweet
1: oh and in the meantime they get like some high quality streaming equipment sent to them i believe that they get to borrow until they have to give it back next sg live
0: yeah and you know maybe just store that somewhere in their home or apartment you know yeah maybe just don't let it collect too much
1: dust oops sorry they didn't (laughs) let me take it on the flight that's a big bummer
0: yeah. Um so yeah, Gigi to Illis. I uh, just wanted to let everyone know that tournament has concluded. Uh, another one, the SGES which is the uh you know, Spanish speaking speed gaming uh component that was also doing the same thing with their qualifiers. That is down to finals. I don't believe those have happened yet. Um so we are just down to our final two. Um we have Ost28 versus Azasas. So um we will see which of them is victorious and and also gets a flight. Uh, and, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for that one. We also have our cross keys tournament. That's, you know, the one with, uh, all the stars in it kind of right now. Uh, that is essentially down to its top eight. Um, as of the time of this recording, um, we have our winner's bracket, Andy versus violet pumpkin, um, still need to play. And the loser's bracket is actually catching up pretty quickly. Um, we've got six people still left in the loser's bracket. Alison, Zelga Desan, t 214 14 1337 p P-Train24, and Linlinlin. So uh, one of those eight people will be the winner of the Crosskeys tournament. Um, so we'll put a link to that in the description and uh, check that out. Maybe try to, try to watch some games if that's um, your bag. Uh, and the last tournament that I had to report on here is I have heard some rumors that the Plando tournament <laughs> tourney, the Plando tournament is making a return for, uh, season three. So Dandy, as a former Plando champion, are you planning, are you Plandoing on coming back? <laughs> uh, Mr. Two-time, uh, no. <laughs> two-time champion, excuse so, me. So, uh,
2: I, I, I'll tell this story because I think it's hilarious, um, and this is this is not meant to be derogatory i won't say any names one of the admin team uh people messaged me and they led the message with hey champ and all i said was no <laughs> 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 because i knew no. what they were going to ask and yeah. i knew that league was on the horizon and i knew that i didn't want to do this again i i i hope it goes good um I think they're capping it at 32 people, and I think they're sort of close to that. So I hope they get it, and uh, I hope it's a good time. Um, I just I, I don't really have the capacity for it anymore, and uh, yeah, that's 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 my take.
0: <laughs> cool, that's understandable. Best of luck to them. Um, it's cool that they're they're going on with, uh, you know, they're going on with like uh, the the third one of this. That's pretty impressive. Um, cool. Okay. I think that's it for all of the tournament, uh, updates we have here. We'll, we'll, we'll put links in descriptions for you. All right. So, uh, Dante, we had a kind of a surprise announcement. Or it seemed like sort of a surprise to me, uh, from the racing council saying that you are doing a review of old glitches, something to that effect. Do you want to tell us what, what's, what's going on here?
2: Uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of doing this as one lump sum and it's not something we want to make a habit of doing and uh it's it's more of a this way there's an opportunity uh for the council to weigh in on all allowed tech so let's let's say let's call it tech i don't like using the word glitches because fair when we said we were gonna use i mean i'll be honest we said in our announcement um that initially that we were going to review all glitches from, you know, hovering to darkroom traversal. And then instead of that sparking a conversation of diplomatic standing, it started an argument of darkroom navigation is not a glitch. So like, OK, it, it's game tech. That's what we're going with. Um, obviously, we, we posted in our announcement the the ones that were nominated for reviewing um, so those are going to be the ones that we're talking about. We're going to kind of break this up over a few weeks and, you know, discuss and vote and keep in mind, since all of this is allowable tech that we are reviewing, uh, it will require a. Uh, I think we called it super majority, which is a 66.67 or two thirds percent to be overruled. That is going to be out of the 15 council members, we will need 10 to change something. So there will have to be 10 of the 15 to override whatever the current status is. My personal take: taking off my council hat and sitting it to the side. Um, I like, a P-train kind of coined that term. I like that term a lot, just kind of speaking from a personal aspect. Um but yeah, from my my personal aspect of this is I, I'm not really expecting too much to change, but I also wouldn't be too surprised if maybe one or two things did. I don't think everything that's being reviewed is going to change by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're doing. I, I, I You know, like I said, I don't think this is going to be a habit of anything. So um, yeah, this is... <laughs> This is yeah. <laughs> this is what we're doing, you know, we're 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 trying to be busy for the community. And uh you know, we we don't want to just be sitting here with a role in the main discord and not doing anything, but we're also not trying to just do things to say we're doing things. Like we feel like this like doing this one time since our bylaws are now in place as of last term that this is probably just a, a good thing to do as like a housekeeping thing. We we can have some official votes on this, you know, logged in our records for uh, the racing community and the council.
0: Yeah. So one of the things I guess kind of like confused me a little bit about this announcement is it seems it says the the first ones you're looking at are interior rail clipping, Harapot, extended door state, which is icebreaker and diver down. So these are like all the new ones. I thought y'all already voted on these and said they were okay. Why is it that they're coming up so quickly again for like a revote?
2: Uh, well, so the short answer of that is two people nominated. It. Um, and the longer version of that is yes, two people nominated it, but we felt it to be disingenuous to put literally a list of tech out there for the council to nominate for, you know, discussion and voting uh, and not include absolutely everything. And instead of saying, alright, here's everything on the current rule set except these three things that we voted on, like, you know, six months ago. Mm. Which, I kind of wanted to do it that way because we had the, we had the, uh, the votes for it already, but it did feel disingenuous. And this way, it's just kind of, we're covering all our bases. Like, we're literally covering everything. So, that's, it's to me it's a formality in my mind mm-hmm. so that's that's the take on that that's why these are coming up
0: again gotcha that makes sense they were nominated yeah so, and that also makes sense too because they're you know still somewhat new especially compared to others so people are still thinking about them have thoughts ideas opinions so that yeah, stands to reason when you put it that way right Hmm. Um, there was another announcement from the racing council it was this was like really a blip and and i think it was posted it was made the same day that our last episode was posted so i I nearly missed talking about it but um there's a fella in our discord i shouldn't say fella i guess i don't know there's a person in our discord named logics uh who was talking about doing a project for uh, I think the college that they go to, um, they study statistics, data, and they wanted to do something Rando related. So their idea was to make a predictive tracker that uses uh, previous seed information to not only show you where you can go, but show you where you maybe should go, depending on where progression is most of the time. Um, so I think that's a really interesting tool. Uh, they released it, and I think like within 24 hours, Racing Council was like, not only do we know about this, but it's absolutely banned from all race use, uh, which makes perfect sense. I just thought it was kind of funny. I, I think it's cool that a tool like this exists. I love that uh you know logics was was working on it with folks in our community to come up with it, and then just like this immediate like banhammer strike down um on it. I just thought all was all of it was kind of not surprising, but amusing maybe would be the best word for it,
2: yeah, that uh, that falls in line with all road tracking. And auto tracking, yeah. you know, our ruling on that was there cannot be anything given to you that the player has not seen or done in game, you know, stuff that you could do manually in game. Like, yes, you could kind of manually predict this, but with machine learning, it would be potentially easier. And, you know, it the idea with competitive rando in my mind is not to, it is to see who can do it the fastest, but you know it's not a programming competition you know unless you're one of right. the devs uh but it's not a programming competition it is a playing the randomizer competition and we want to we want to keep it as close to that in spirit as possible so um and that that's why like you know i, I we knew this would probably crop up but it was like now nah, this is going to get banned you know for competitive use so
0: yeah no i i mean i can certainly i, I can see why and yeah, I would never want to like know statistically what the best choice was just because I think that's a big part of playing this game is like your decision making and knowing the percentages and either going with them or sometimes playing against them even when you know them um, to take a risk. Yeah, it's it, like I said, it makes perfect sense um, that it's banned. I also, I'm glad that something like this exists just as like a thought experiment. I think it's a cool tool. It could be, you know, useful for learning if it was, you know, further developed um but yeah and and I, I apologize to logics if i'm like misrepresenting this i i don't know the full story of it i think that i think i about got it right but um yeah uh feel free to you know come into our discord and, and chat with us about it and we can uh i th- i think they were talking about an off topic or something i don't know just look around you'll you'll find the the conversation but racing council has has made their decision known and and well, with uh let me let a me a lot of quickness
2: let me put this out there too that i think it's cool that someone did it okay um, I, uh, just, just as long as it's not used in racing competitively, like, you know, dunk, you know, back in what term one of the council, we had the 50,000 sheet or 50,000 yeah. seed, you know, spreadsheet with all that data. And if you want to look at that, like, to me, it's like looking at that and parsing that, but it's having a computer do it for you. Um, there's no way that, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and there's someone out there who can, but there's no way that someone can study that sheet and make 100 percent accurate guesses every single time you know going forward so you know that that learned like looking at that data sheet is fine you know and making your decisions based off of hey well you know this had like a x percent maybe i should go here by all means go for it you know so um but yeah the, the automation of it like it's kind of like at that point you know we might as well have taskbot playing rando for it. Uh, right. You know, as far as like racing and we, we don't want to get to that point ever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, y'all. Tuesday temp here. Got some stuff I need. What? What? Oh, oh, you want a little sound effect or something? There you go. All right. So on to the updates. It's like a running joke at this point that big news and the rando community always comes out after we wrap on recording for the week and then the show comes out on Wednesday and everybody's talking about the big new change and we don't talk about it on the show at all because we didn't know about it yet. So right now that thing is quick swap. This is a setting that lets you cycle through your items with the L and R buttons on your controller or whatever you map it to and it eliminates the vast majority of menuing needed while you play. Uh, well, on Sunday, August 30th, Big Dunka made an announcement in the ladder discord stating that all ladder modes in season four will be quick swap enabled. Then on Monday, ALTTPR League announces that they'll allow quick swap during all modes throughout all of season three. So, yeah, quick swap is happening. There's a lot to unpack with this, and we will unpack it in the next episode, so stay tuned for that. Also, there seems to be a new glitch in the lab, something involving spin speed and extending your hammer hitbox, which is useful against Homosaur King and Mothula, but that one still seems a bit new for anyone to be busting out in a seed just yet. And same thing there. Expect us to cover that in more detail in the next episode. All right, one more sound It's effect. like
1: butter, baby. Tuesday
0: tip out. Cool. All let right, right. Let's, uh, let's check in on our GMP community with GMP Community Updates. So uh, the admin bingo race was fun, I heard, uh, that we were promoting uh, in the last episode. I was not able to watch the whole thing, but I stopped in for a little bit of it. I was on a little family vacation. Um, but we had fun compiling those cards uh, together as, as a team of hosts and uh, coming up with a few extras to fill out to a full 25. Um, that was fun, and, and I heard that they had a lot of fun completing some of the things that, that, that uh, our subscribers and us asked them to do. Um, so I'll put a link to that race. It was on the Go Mode Podcast Twitch. There's a VOD of it. Um might even be on YouTube by the time this comes out. So I will put a link, and uh, I highly encourage folks to check that out. It was very silly, and um seemed like it was, it was a pretty good time. Uh, let's talk about biweekly seeds, boys. Um, did did you, either of you get a chance to play the light speed mode?
2: I did, actually, for once. I played it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't played it yet. I, I will play it, I promise. I think tomorrow is my day. Um, but, yeah i've uh i just I, i've done a couple ladder throughout the last week uh, when i had the availability for it so i haven't done the light speed yet um but i'm looking forward to it i promise i will
2: yeah i'll, I'll uh, say with no spoiler that you know it is a mode that can have high variance um you know we, we kind of talked about that last week but at the same time there's only a, a short end goal so yeah you know this isn't something you'd want to see as a tournament mode i don't think Maybe you do, and that could be like a little nice little side tournament thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just one of those little fun things to play, in my mind. Yeah. So, what are we going to do for episode 55? Well, we're going to do something on the theme of the ladder, and uh, we're going to do a key sanity, because I don't think it's... It's been quite some time since we've done a normal key sanity... open key sanity yeah open key sanity you know seven crystals to defeat ganon you know it is a defeat ganon goal but it's going to be key sanity not all dungeons keys that's that's a bunch of hogwash uh we're gonna Mm -hmm. just do open seven
0: seven defeat ganon okay yeah i would encourage folks to try this i did not know dante was gonna do this uh but i am in support of it i'm in favor Uh, if you are someone who is just like totally averse to anything other than open or standard, you know, any like inverted or keys or anything. This is just open keys, so it's very very similar to open. It's just occasionally you're going to find some small keys and some big keys throughout the world um and you know, uh maps and, and compasses and stuff. Also important to remember that each dungeon has two extra items because the compass and the map are part of the full, well, item pool. 3 because big keys too. Oh yeah. Three. I'm sorry. So yeah. Three extra items in each one. Cause also that big key could be anywhere. So just keep that in mind. I think as long as you know that and use, you know, just a standard tracker that tracks key sanity, which I think all the major ones do, um, it's really not too bad. Just pay attention to your small keys. Keep in mind the dungeon count changes and, uh, you'll be fine. I, think I also you'll, you'll be
2: fine. want to point out that depending on the number of small keys and chests also determines the number of items that show up inside of a dungeon potentially so
0: look just use a tracker alright the tracker will figure it out for you yeah, basically <laughs> what what, you
2: know your tracker in this case um, you want to know how many chests or item locations there are inside of a dungeon um, and you want to track every single one of those instead of just ones that come up with key items so you know use your keys wisely especially when you visit pod
0: alright yeah, I'm up to the challenge. We got a nice key sanity. Cool. All right. Well, uh, with that, we're going to get into our mentor tournament 2020 wrap up and uh, chat with the winner, who's Floyd 44. So uh, let's let's go ahead and jump in. Yeah. We have finally reached the end of the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament 2020 edition, and with that, I am pleased to read out our medal list for each of the brackets. So here we go. Tied for third place in the Fighter Sword bracket, we had Splits Happen and SCZ. In second place for that one, we had John the Branch and winning our Fighter Sword bracket, Huge GG, to DJ Darkwing D. So, shout-outs to all those folks. Next up, we have our Master Sword Bracket. Third place for that, we had Shocky. Second place for the Master Sword Bracket is Jossum Sauce. And first place is It's Otter. Huge GGs to It's Otter and to the runner-ups as well. The next up uh, bracket we had was the Tempered Sword. Third place for that went to McMonkey. Second place went to Thornetto. And our first place winner of the Tempered Sword Bracket, Nephistos. And then we have our Gold Sword Bracket, our Premier Bracket, the the highest one that our uh, best performers from the Swiss round went into. Third place in the Gold Sword Bracket, we had Krithel. Second place, our runner-up of the entire tournament, was Shkuppel. And the winner, the champion of the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament 2020. Huge shout-outs, GGs, to Floyd44. And we are joined here today by Floyd, floyd Hello. Thank you for joining us.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks.
0: So, uh, Floyd, first of all, uh, huge, huge congratulations again. Um, As promised at the beginning of this tournament and, you know, something that we started uh, last year in the the first mentor tournament, um, one of the things we do for the winners, we want to have you on the show and just chat with you, talk about the tournament, talk about pretty much anything, anything you'd like to talk about, but... Um, let's start with uh, your Rando history, as we do with all of our guests. Tell us you know, how you got into Rando and how this kind of all started for you.
3: Um, I think I discovered Rando back in uh, early 2018. I think it was AGDQ. Uh, I think I caught the race between Andy and Christos Owen and was kind of like, hey, what the heck is this? I remember this game from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I saw that you know got into it learned a little bit more uh downloaded a first seed and funny story about the first seed i, I played was i had completely forgot there's a chest in freezer room in ice it must have had a key or an item and i was unable to complete the seed and just kind of gave up um but you know downloaded more later after watching more and kind of just been playing like a game a week since then um really picked it up maybe a year later when multi-world caught on. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. Have you ever been into
0: any sort of like competitive gaming in the past or is this your sort of first strike into it?
3: Uh, Well, prior to the mentor mentor tournament, um, me and a couple friends got into the league season two. Uh, We made that, what was it, 30-second cutoff to to get into it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, we we you were in the
0: original first wave.
3: We we were um, we didn't nice. do well, but I I contribute that a lot to our division. We were in that Lake Hylia division, which was pretty stacked. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But we we held our own. I think we probably came in like the middle of the pack. There didn't make the playoffs, but we had fun and it was a really fun experience.
0: Very cool. So yeah, I'm interested. I'm always interested to hear from people how they got into like the racing aspect? Because I, I never was really into any super competitive, you know, online games or anything quite like this before myself. And I think that's true for a lot of people. What is it about like the racing of this game and uh, streaming and things like that, that drew you to it to, to give it a try?
3: Um, I, I don't know. I just think it was kind of fun. Um, I think the league was actually a really good Jump off point for that because it was a, it's a team event, you know, it's you and a couple buddies and, uh, you know, a lot of camaraderie there and you cheer each other on. And then, uh, with the mentor tournament, I just figured, you know, what the heck? I'll try it out and, and see if I can handle a race schedule. And at, towards the end, it, it gets kind of brutal with doing, you know, up to three races a week. But, uh, no, it's, it's fun. And, you know, the community is really fun just to kind of hang out in the Discord. And talk to everyone.
0: I mean, I enjoy it. Yeah. I like to do it, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did you find out about the Mentor Tournament?
3: Um, I think just listening to the podcast. I I think I started to listening to you guys. It was probably towards the end of 2019, right around that uh, Dancy and Axial switch. Um, but, yeah, just kind of listening there, joined the Discord, and, uh, you know, just saw the... Uh, the tourney was coming back and figured, yeah, what the heck, give it a try.
0: Beautiful. And look at you now, the the (laughs) grand champion. Yeah, it went went well. Yeah, Yeah, I I would say so. By pretty much any metric, you got to admit, it went pretty good. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the tournament. Uh, You had... One of the longest runs throughout just by virtue of being a a finalist. Um, Tell us about just kind of your experience through the tournament, maybe like highlights, things that you wish had been different, uh, you know, overall thoughts.
3: Um, Tournament was great. Um, Like I said, you know, before the uh, the community aspect of it was amazing, you know, just all the encouragement, the support for each other you know, everyone kind of rooting for each other to, to do well. I mean, that was really the big thing of this tournament, you know, regardless of where I finished or where anybody finished, I I think we all kind of won by getting to know each other. Um, that was the huge thing. Um, and then personally for me, um, outside of the, the racing, I got into restreaming, um, with, lumaga and Amarith kind of showing me the ropes there and, and that was fun to do as well um, you know when i wasn't racing i was able to restream some races which was just great to learn um yeah but you know as a racer it was really fun uh being able to watch back the races learning from the mentors learning from my mistakes where i can improve and um yeah i don't know it was just uh fun experience overall and you know a big learning experience which is kind of why we all play this game we try to get better
0: yeah Do, do you have any bits of advice that you picked up from from the mentors that you worked with that uh you know you can maybe share with us here
3: um a lot of the advice was just like you know kind of the little things the uh the door transition things the uh you know routing going this way instead of that way it's you know it's those little things that that add up like we all know you know how to get somewhere and but you know what's the optimal way to get there or you know don't forget you have flute or boots or something like that when you pick them <laughs> up late um but all the mentors were great um and certainly helped out my gameplay
0: yeah, that's interesting to hear, and that's something that I, I feel like I'm constantly even still learning, you know, like three years into watching these games. There's so many item locations and areas of interest to go to that figuring out the fastest way to get from one to another on the fly with the current items that you have, it's it's like a, a brand new math problem every single time. And um, yeah, just playing more makes you better at it, so it's, it makes sense that mentors would be able to kind of provide that that sort of insight while you're playing and that could that could give you a huge edge um, yeah that makes sense <laughs> um, so there was something so Dante and I had the pleasure of, of commentating the finals game two um, where you you know uh, officially won the tournament and we had you on for an interview afterwards as is uh, common practice and you uh, filled in a story for us. Uh, let me back up a little bit. While we were watching, um, I think it was after like Ether Tablet, um, there was no motion on your screen for maybe like a minute or a minute and a half. And, um, you know, we were a little concerned, but not too much because this happens. You know, sometimes people have to use the restroom, real life things come up, whatever. You got back to it. And of course, you were, you know, uh, no worse off for it because you won. But uh, you told us what had happened in that 90 seconds or so. Can you share that story again for us here, if you don't mind?
3: <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, so, I typically, you know, when I run races, I, I play in my bedroom, um, just kind of on the laptop on my lap and and run. And then my wife's usually next to me watching TV. But uh, so I'm in the middle of this race. Um, I think we're about maybe an hour in, and she, you know, she went up to go take a bath. And, uh, I think I'm, I'm getting into pod and she yells out, there's a snake in here. And I'm like, what, what the heck? (laughs) And, uh, we live in Arizona. Uh, I saw some people in the chat asking if we were in Australia and it wasn't that bad. Um, but, uh, you know, we've had scorpions in the house before and lizards and, you know, they get in, but, but never a snake. And, uh, (laughs) so I, I, get up and run in the bathroom and sure enough there's a little you know snake probably probably no more than a foot long uh pencil thick um, But you think
0: about a foot?
3: Yeah, probably about a foot long. Jeez. And uh he's just, you know, crawling around the edge of the bathroom of the bathtub. <laughs>
0: so Oh my that's insane.
3: Yeah. So I
0: During during your finals race. Yeah, mm-hmm. during
3: the finals race and so I, I go take a look at it and run back. I think I finished <laughs> and uh all right i grabbed something out of pot i go and finish swamp and then uh go over to the Eastern, and she's still like it's just sitting here and i'm like all right so i took another minute out and went and grabbed a pot from the kitchen and and some tongs and got it into the pot but oh my god yeah <laughs> do you feel do you feel
0: like the fact that you were racing gave you more like bravery in dealing with the snake like you were more like <laughs> oh, let's just get this done i'm sure it's gonna be fine
3: well, I, I, didn't think it was poisonous, so, but I certainly didn't want to get bit or anything, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was certainly <laughs> that so insane. rushing to the, to the kitchen and back to the bathroom to try to get this done fast. And it didn't seem like it wanted to, uh, get entrapped, but, uh, it did. <laughs> so wow. it kind of sat in a pot in the bathtub for another couple hours until I finished the race. But, uh, it was certainly a, a funny, funny story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that—that that has to be a world record, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Snake <laughs> wrangling uh, beat the game percent.
3: That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Incredible. Well, uh, one thing I wanted to offer you uh, an an opportunity to do, you know, as someone who participated in the tournament, is if you had any questions for us, uh, things that you were curious about, things you wondered about, um, pretty much this is your chance uh, to ask us, you know, as the tournament. Uh, admins and, and hosts um, if if you have any questions about the mentor tournament
3: yeah um, well in the spirit of you know the mentor and the learning tournament I was going to ask you guys um, what was your biggest hurdle that you guys needed to get over when you were you know a, a new player or freshman player as I like to put it
0: yeah I'm going to take a little bit of time to think about this and pass it over to uh, one of my co-hosts when you guys want to yeah sure
1: this. Uh, I kind of read ahead a little bit earlier and was uh, thinking about this. And I think for me, it's going to be kind of a little weird one, but I hope I can explain it well. I think my biggest hump was fear. Um, One fear of like competing and racing against other people and being like, you know, coming in last in an SRL race or embarrassing myself on a restream or something like that. That was one part of it. And a bigger part of that is maybe more tied to execution than fear itself. But if I think back to my first seeds and how scared I was of bosses like Blind and Mothula, they seemed like almost unbeatable to me unless I had like super securities, lots of hearts or a ton of fairies or potions or whatever. And now, you know, I'm not an execution master by any means. Not at all. My execution is very subpar. But I just waltz in the blinds bathroom and beat him up like it's nothing, you know. It's completely changed, even though I still don't completely know the script and everything. I just, you know, run in there and I know what to expect and how to handle most situations. And I think that was the biggest thing that I had to overcome that really, you know, propelled me from just randomly running around and not knowing what I'm doing to actually feeling like I'm playing the game correctly.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's a good one. Dante, what about you?
2: The fear aspect is definitely... Like, that, that hits home pretty hard for me. Just because, like... I mean, I knew this game back to front as a kid. And then, you know, playing vanilla... I, it was almost like a yearly tradition for me to play the vanilla game, like, once a year. Um, I never really did any speedruns of it. I didn't know... I saw strats, like, watching GDQs and stuff. So, like, I, I say that to say... Um, like when I played rando, I was like, I want to play well. And then I would, you know, when stuff went off the rails, it would, it would easily tilt me. There were things that, Mm. you know, in my very first tournament race, which was part of that huge spring 2018 tournament, uh, I just, you know, blanked that with a book and without a fire source, you could actually go into desert, believe it or not. And that's, like, I hard last location, some progression there, which was, like, huge. I still won the race somehow. Uh, but, you know, just stuff like that. Like, I always worry I'm going to forget something. I worry. I, I worried that, you know, there was going to be a new gotcha moment that I wasn't uh, aware of with the logic. And, you know, I could have educated myself better. But, you know, now I don't worry about that as much. Um, it's more of a, you know, if, if something burns me, it burns me. You know, I, I I've kind of... I don't want to say fully matured, but being able to just kind of do it and not stress about it as much as I used to is, is kind of a good thing. And that, that just kind of comes with racing, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great as well. Um, I think for me, if I'm trying to really think critically about it, one thing that I know that I did a lot when I was first starting that I eventually sort of got over and it helped a lot, uh, was not feeling like I had to commit to the very first idea that popped into my head, um, especially if I had to make it kind of quickly and I would start to walk towards something. Uh, I think I once I learned like, oh, no, it, actually what I should do is, is save and quit. For some reason, when I was first starting, I had this idea that like, oh, well, I've already committed to this, so I have to do it. And I did so many stupid things that cost so much time. By doing that, and then as I watched a little bit more, even high-level players, sometimes you see them, like, you know, loading, loading, like, just waiting for a second, like, trying to think of what they want to do, because it's it makes so much more sense to draw on your own knowledge of the game to make an informed decision about what you want to do than to just immediately start running towards something and then waste a bunch of time going to check one thing when you could have, you know, save and quit and done something else that was a little shorter, so... Um, you know, that basically just boils down to knowledge of the game and also confidence. And, and that that was kind of what I heard from um, Herf and Dante. And I, I will echo that as well. And I just think it's so interesting, kind of like I was saying before, how this is, a I think, for a lot of people, their first foray into competitive gaming or, you know, maybe even any sort of competition. And it just introduces so many new aspects to playing this game that I think are not unique to our community, but, again, a lot of people's first uh, foray into some of the ideas of like, you know, Dante, I actually wanted to ask you when you were worried about like making mistakes, was it because you didn't explicitly because you didn't want to lose or was it because you were nervous that people would see you making those mistakes?
2: Uh, a lot of it was me not wanting to lose. And some of it was, you know, I didn't want people to think I'm a goon or something stupid, Uh you know, like, uh, I mean, it's just, it's like, I don't know. I put a pressure on myself, I think, with that, that didn't need to be there. And it was because I felt like I had to prove to myself that, yes, you know this game as good as anybody does because of how much time you played it as a kid. Like, that's, and that's like an unreasonable expectation, especially when you're playing Randomizer, because you didn't write the code. So, uh, you know, you don't know exactly what it is because I sure didn't dive into the code. I should probably do that, but I haven't. So it was a, it was an unreasonable expectation. I think a lot of times when you do something new, you know, if, if you can get in your own head, you know, more so than your opponent can most times.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think another interesting thing about this is that when we race it, we have to stream. And so we are public and it's like, it's not good enough to just like sit down at a table across from somebody and play a game of chess, you have to like broadcast your chess game to literally anyone who wants to stumble in and look at it, no matter what your skill level is. So I think that definitely, you know, how public it is to just like be a part of the community, whether, you know, you can be as quiet as you want, but at the end of the day, you'll still race people occasionally and you'll stream and people can go watch your stream and check you out. And I think that like um, exposure or like that level of, um, openness uh, introduces a lot of interesting aspects into the community. Um, anyway, Floyd, that was a really good question. You really got <laughs> us going. Um, what do you think was your biggest hump to get over when you first started?
3: Um, I, I still struggle with Mothula. That's just a terrible boss. Oh, that's yeah, a good answer, I mean, man. that's fair. That's just
1: fair.
0: <laughs> I mean, sometimes yeah, we Malt got too just, philosophical with it. That's a perfect answer.
2: Moth just does not go as planned, like, ever. It's like, oh man, I've got tempered sword this is going to be four swings and we're done and then the guy just likes to sit up on the spikes and it's like please move for the love of god like let me just hit you that's all i want
0: yeah
3: yeah if they just take out the top row spikes it'd be better right (laughs) it'd be so So much easier
0: yeah um uh, i actually see you have another question here what tricks still give you the biggest trouble um that's a good question i uh want to take a second to think about that one too i'm gonna to pass it <laughs> off again
2: uh i'll jump in on this one uh the the thing that gives me probably the biggest trouble is the the bomb jump in uh spec Rock cave and the yeah. also and i i hate to admit this the bomb jump at least lately in uh paradox cave because i always seem to fall and it I think it all started when I started hovering because it was like, let's hover every single gap to be funny. Mm. And now it's like, well, I'm actually faster sometimes hovering than I am bomb jumping it because I always end up fall, like just walking off the ledge. like And the Paradox one is uh, so easy. The Spec Rock one isn't, so, isn't as easy, but there are setups for it, and... My laziness is why I'm, you know, still struggle with it. I just don't think that's something I should spend a lot of time practicing. And now that I'm saying all this out loud, maybe, maybe I should. So,
0: uh, <laughs> I've literally never once done that bomb jump. And I actually did open up my practice hack and, and try it. I just could not get it. We'll have to get it. Maybe, a- maybe we'll do. We do should do like a joint practice. Session yeah, we'll do something.
2: a training session one day, Temp. I'll, <laughs> right. I'll show you how
0: to get it set up, and then I'll They'll spot me. Yeah, I'll fall like five times, and you'll be like, "Wow, he's teaching me." And. That- <laughs> Learn what not to do, you know, sometimes that's helpful. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's a good one. Herf, what about you?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm having a rough time mainly because I'm <laughs> I'm so like Averse <laughs> to learning any of the tricks and glitches. So, uh, yeah. you know, the the bunch of things that I can do, I can do relatively consistently I'll say that probably Icebreaker still gives me the most trouble just because it's the most recent t- trick I've learned. And I've gotten to use it like three times. And to be honest, I've already forgotten what exactly to do again already. So <clears throat> that will probably be my answer. It'll come back to you the next time you try it, I bet. Um, mine,
0: I think I'm going to say Armost Night, which sounds ridiculous. It's not really a problem like I died Armost Night. I can't remember the last time I died to Armost Night, but I cannot figure out that quick kill and my last couple fights with Armos Knight have just been an absolute disaster train wreck um so I need to spend some some time with that one and it's I say that one too because like it was bad and then it got pretty good and then it got like bad again so it's it's I need to work on consistency I think with that one but that's for me um all right let's move on to what we have next here uh in our mentor tournament wrap up uh, one of the things we wanted to do was take another look into our postseason stats uh so we have a document that we've been you know that that uh, our admins mainly uh lumaga um but also some help from uh lady box thief has, has just kind of been compiling these throughout the season and we talked a little bit about them uh when we did you know when we had walter on to to discuss you know his experiences with the mentor tournament but I did want to just kind of take another look at these stats and um, see if there's kind of any interesting patterns that that stand out to us. Um, I will say, as uh, probably not too much of a surprise, uh, when you look at the average win times from week to week, uh, those do generally go down. Um, it's interesting because the average win time in week one was uh, one hour and 58 minutes. Week two, it was one hour and 56 minutes. And in week three, it was one hour and 52 and if you'll recall, week three was our first unmentored week, uh, and we actually had the fastest completion times there. So I thought that was I thought that was sort of interesting, and it actually sort of went up from there. Um, the lowest average win time was in week seven, which was uh, one hour and forty nine minutes, um, and that was uh, also you know mentored. So, um, what about you guys? Do you, does anyone see anything else here that sort of stands out to them in terms of final you know? tournament statistics
1: i mean we as you said we kind of talked about this with walter and that's also again the thing that sticks out to me most if you like look at his mentor stats and how much more he's mentored than even the second place not that it's a competition you know i'm making it sound like oh he's mentored the most so clearly you know he's won or something but it's uh, it's just amazing to me even like the top what's that top 10 or so people have all uh, mentored in the two digits uh, the least amount being 10 times mentored which is you know still amazing to me people being willing to sit down and spend like two two and a half three hours of their time uh, helping someone out who's not as good and just watching them and trying to make them you know think about the game maybe in a different way and stuff like that. And even beyond just the games that were played all the time that was invested, I think, uh, as we all know, it wouldn't be possible without the mentors. And uh, I think it's great that they all spend so much time doing that.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So when Walter was on, we explicitly, specifically made a point to not really talk too much about like mentor win loss rate because that's so not the point. Of, of this tournament mm-hmm. but I do want to just take a quick second shout out a couple folks who did seem to have a really high success rate in leading their mentees to a victory um, so first one pretty notably here is we have Kappa who mentored six times one of them ended up not going through so so actually mentored a total of five times And uh, their mentee won every single time. So they had a 100% win rate across five mentored matches, which is pretty good. It's it's our only 100% that wasn't like, you know, two races. There were a couple people who did like two race or one race and their mentees won both times or the only time. So, of course, that's going to be 100. But you like scroll up to the top of this list. And there's you know it starts to be like more like 50%, 60, 45, and then there's this one 100 at the top of the list, uh, near the top, and that's that's kappa. So huge shout-outs uh for, for next year if you're looking for a mentor and kappa's available, you might want to um, hit them up.
1: Kinda um, suspicious, if you ask me. <laughs> um, you know, five is okay. I think when be, we get into double digits, it should be around I mean. the 60 percent, which is fine for all of them except for kappa, who somehow managed to pull out the hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I think I might have to get in contact with some of my friends in the racing council here.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to take a look, Kappa. Kappa, we're we're coming after you. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, JK. Uh, And then also we we had Shireen, who, uh, as we mentioned last time, was our second most active mentor with 17 total races mentored. Uh, And they went 12 and 5 with their mentees. So they had a 70 percent. 70.6% 70.6% win rate which is also really really good especially being that high up Trinex also had a 70% win rate uh, mentored 11 times and went 7-3 and three. so good stuff good mm-hmm. stuff guys all around Um, anything else with our stats before we move on to what we've got next
2: I think
3: now what I found interesting is when you look at Kappa he mentored one person I think I think he mentored Laggy the entire time oh uh, Ooh, yeah, I've been trying to find
1: that list. in the list, but that list is so huge that I apparently scrolled past Kappa like a million times.
0: Yeah, if you are a big stats person and you want to see these, we will publish a version of this and put it in the uh, in the description of this episode. So um, if our you know overview is not doing it for you, just click that. You can look at all these numbers that we're looking at right now and kind of uh, draw your own conclusions and post about them in our Discord if you'd like. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Cool. Okay. Well, if that's all we have for that, I want to move on to – I actually wanted to take a moment to tell a quick uh, personal story from this tournament. Not my own story, but I got permission to share uh, the story of one of our participants, and that's Carlson32. Um, So he was a listener to the podcast, emailed me um, back when I made the offer for people to email to secure a spot as a way to make sure that the podcast listeners were among the first and foremost of people that we, you know, allowed into the tournament. Um, so he emailed me, uh, we, we made a spot for him. Uh, he had only played one seed before he started the tournament, which, um, is not very much. I think maybe we, as, as hosts had like sort of had an assumption that people would come in with a, at least sort of like a base level of experience, but Carlson was just so excited about it. Um, he actually, um, uh, made this like resource book and went to a copy shop and got it printed out and laminated and like sent me a video of like flipping through it like all these colored maps and charts, you know, showing how many chests are in each dungeon and stuff like that to keep next to him while he was playing. So I was blown away by like how excited he was to, you know, commit to this and to get better and to learn the game. And uh every single week got better and better. And I even heard uh, from some of his mentors that would actually DM me personally and be like, Hey, I don't know if you have a most improved, but if you do, I nominate Carlson 32, uh, because he's just working so hard and just getting better and better every single race. And recently, uh, in the past couple, several weeks, uh, he DM me to show me a screenshot of a one hour and 40 minute seed that he has completed. Um so this is in the over the course of the last you know 3 months or so with the help of mentors and and going through this tournament and just this morning uh, as we record this on August 29th he sent me a, another update to say that he has won his first ladder race so he has his first Yo. race won there nice. yeah so i am happy to uh to award the award of most improved this year to carlson32 so let's give carlson32 a hand everybody very impressive. Are all these claps timestamps? Is that? I don't get to edit these out cuz normally claps are like edit here. No, uh, that was an applause and uh, a very well deserved applause. Um so yeah, I just thought that that whole story of, you know, how how he developed and how, you know, committed he was to to getting better, you know, totally proved out and now he's, you know, he's got He's got some some accolades under his belt, and I think that's a good kind of lesson and story for anyone who wants to dive into this and get better.
2: When so, you very cool stuff. when you brought up the the guidebook thing, the first thing that popped into my head was like, man, he made his own rando strategy guide. I love it. Like he
0: did. Yeah. I mean you know, you think did. about like
2: when this game came out, there was like the official Nintendo you know strategy guide walkthrough book you could buy, mm-hmm. and. uh it's like now we there's someone has a rando and it's like there's a one of one copy out there somewhere
1: yeah, yeah and it looks really cool i think uh, i've seen very few screenshots i think like one or two of them i think tim posted it somewhere in our hosts channel at some point when it was like made public so to speak and it looked awesome
0: yeah maybe you'd be down to like share the pdf or something i don't know maybe i can reach out to him and uh put something in the description or you know you could try just joining the discord and and asking him yourself you know um but yeah uh, huge shout-outs uh, to Carlson32. Um, okay, now this is my favorite part. This is where I want to uh, – so so we, at the end of the tournament, we put out a form and asked for folks to provide feedback, uh, racers, mentors, volunteers, whoever, anybody anybody could do it. Uh, and we got a lot of great responses. And um, just to start this off, I guess, on a, on a positive, uh, most – I would say the vast, overwhelming majority of the feedback was positive – People had a great time. They learned a lot from their mentors. Um, Nobody had uh, any huge problems with finding a mentor, which was our number one issue last year. So very happy that we were able to successfully kind of solve that. Um, And yeah, overall, the feedback was very, very, very good. What I want to focus on is uh, the stuff that people thought maybe we could improve. Um, And as sort of a final, you know send off for the tournament, I want to sort of end it with, you know, things that we can be, that could be on the forefront of our mind when we're planning out the next one, presumably, you know, in 2021. So uh, I've highlighted a few of the responses that I thought, you know, made some some good points. Um, And I can start off if you guys would like with uh, a few of the ones that I liked. Um, Or if anyone else wants to jump in, they can.
2: Go for it, Tim. (laughs)
1: i have one that i found interesting i'm i'm not sure if it's really positive or negative but okay uh it's in line 21 it's from i don't know do we want to say who it's from um
0: yeah sure go ahead and say it and i'll ask if it's okay and if they say no we'll bleep it
1: all right so the first one is from tepidino and Mm -hmm. uh, in the column where it says what are some of the things that could be improved on for the next tournament he wrote i think the accommodation of outsiders in like quotes And I was wondering what he meant by that. And I read further in the back about where we let them put any comments that they want. And he wrote, in the beginning, signing as a mentor was weird. People didn't know me. And even though I was available most of the time, I ended up participating twice only. I don't know if I'm right, but I did feel it's harder for people to enter the community if they don't know who you are, no matter how good you are. And uh, I, I get the problem there. And I agree that it's probably harder to be selected as a mentor when people don't know you because they have no idea of your skill level or what you can offer them or what your personality is like or anything like that. I'm not really sure what one could do to alleviate that. We did have like mentor availability sheets for the runners and all kinds of stuff. I guess maybe we could have offered some sort of mentor bio where they could describe themselves a little bit
0: yeah and we we sort of had something like that the first yeah. year and i felt like it didn't really get used that much
1: yeah exactly
0: um, yeah but i yeah i'm I'm glad you pointed this one out because i also had that one highlighted um it doesn't exactly speak to what tepidino is talking about but there was another person that left uh, some similar feedback this was a uh, racer yardo um that I really liked and I think it's it's something we should look into doing next year. Um, that mentioned that their uh, their mentor Oro DM'd them at the beginning just to be like, "Hey, I'm Oro, I'm available to be a mentor if you need, you know, or I'm I'm not it's not clear as to whether or not um, Yardo had already reached out and asked Oro to be a mentor or if Oro just did this, you know, uh, bef- before that. Mm-hmm. But either way, I really like this idea and Yardo actually sp- specifically said um It could be good to, as the tournament starts, just send out a DM to everybody. And, you know, I would assume we would divide and conquer between mentors or admins or whomever. But if we just made sure that every single racer got a DM at the beginning that said, like, hey, welcome to the tournament. I'm available if you have any questions. We're happy to have you here. You know, think of some things to kind of put in there. But I love the idea of, like, reaching out personally one-to-one, getting that started uh, you know the and just setting the tone of like, hey, this is a community where you can ask questions, don't be afraid to seem stupid. you know you can you can ask them directly to me, and there won't be any judgment. I, I think that's a really cool way to set the tone and I, I really like that suggestion. Now, Teppadino was you know unfortunately, they're a mentor, so that doesn't really help them to to help them kind of get more active. I think um, they were someone who came on after the tournament was already rolling. And we had decided ahead of time that we wanted to leave the mentor and volunteer uh, positions open so that people could continue to to you know, uh, mm-hmm. be added into those pools because of last year when we were you know ha- we had a serious mentor shortage. We were like, "Well, why would we stop people from helping if they want to help just because they didn't find out about this tournament sooner? We still would love to have them help. So we left that open. But I think what he has exposed here is that when you do that, now like how do people know there's another mentor available unless you like make an announcement maybe that's what it needs to be you know when a when a new mentor is added to the process we you know have some sort of process to let people know that they've arrived and that Mm -hmm. they're available
2: yeah that could be something to look into you know for season three Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) yeah so uh yeah that was good um Generally, I, I'm just going to try to wrap this, uh, not wrap it up, but wrap up my thoughts uh, very generally. And um, okay, so so here goes. So the first year, I think it was all about just like getting it done, like getting, getting through the tournament, making sure that uh, everyone had what they needed and felt like they were being treated fairly. Uh, and we got through it and it wasn't perfect. And we had issues. This year, I think was all about Um, So we had the inclusion of our admin team and, uh, you know, going from basically, you know, myself doing a lot of the admin stuff last year to like delegating a lot of that stuff. And then we also had the issue of growing, you know, exponentially over last year, not just the amount of participants, but also the length of the season, the number of races, um, format stuff, you know, all of that. So I think that was the focus for this year. And it was also kind of a just like just get through it sort of thing. And there were a few things during planning where I knew that we were kind of kicking the can down the road and saying, oh, we'll figure that out later. Perfect example, and this is something that a lot of people wrote about for improvements for next time, is having a more uh, well-thought-out and nailed-down format for finals before the tournament even begins. Because basically what we did was like we were just trying to get things going, get the mentor tournament going, and we didn't really solidify the bracket format or rather, we had something on our website that was just kind of a brainstorm for me that was never meant to be official. Of course, of course, people read that and they were like, okay, that's the format. And then we came out and said, okay, here's the finals format. And it was different than that. And that, you know, rubbed some people the wrong way. And that's totally understandable. Um, all of this to say, I think next season uh, is going to be the best one. And I think that's because the focus is really going to be on the details, Um you know, and making sure that everything is perfect from the very beginning, and thinking of every single little situation before it happens. I think this year we kind of gave ourselves a pass and didn't do that in every single category because we were like, "Well, we're putting on this giant tournament, and it's it's casual, and it's for fun, and it's for learning, and you know, uh, hopefully that's enough for everybody." And I think what we learned is when you open it up to more people, and you've got a little bit more. Um, esteem, you know, with it being the second year, people are more familiar with it. You got to come correct. And we did not come correct in every single uh category that that we could have. Um there were some people that called us out on not being totally prepared and ready and having things set up for certain eventualities. And I have to say I think they were 100% right. So that was my biggest takeaway is that like, you know, we, you got to take it seriously and you can never just say uh oh, it's fine, we'll figure it out later. Everything is important from the very beginning if you want to be taken seriously as, like, a, an organization, a, as an administration. So that was my biggest takeaway from the feedback. I already said the main thing was, you know, people's issues with the brackets and how that was poorly communicated and changed up. Um, and uh, a little uh, – I'm going to give my voice a rest here in a second. But I also I feel pretty confident that I know exactly how Season 3 is going to go and, and should go. Um, so I'll, I'll share that, um, you know, a a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, like I said, let me give my voice a rest. Dante, um, have you had a chance to kind of go through this and was there anything that stood out to you about all this feedback? So
2: I kind of, I want to make a quick comment about something you said. Sure. Um, just about how there are, you know, there were people who kind of pointed out, I'll use that word, um, that we weren't ready for a few things because of, you know, the size that we had. And I, I think a lot of that. Um, I think a lot of that is, you know, how, how it's handled. So when, the, when you notice a major flaw with a, a tournament that's starting up now, granted, we're all used to the main tournament. We're used to the league. We're used to, you know, the bigger, uh, com, sm, like the bigger, like side community tournaments and stuff as well now. So, like, there's a lot of, like, groundwork pre-laid for us. uh, But with the Mentor Tournament, a lot of this is, I feel, trailblazing because of the way the format is as far as, like, you know, two people, someone's a coach, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. I think in the way you point out flaws, really, and this isn't directed at anybody, so please, like, if I'm talking to you, I'm sorry. But, uh, like, I'm not talking to any specific person. But the way you point out the flaws is a very, whether it be, you know, a side tournament or a big one. Uh, it, it's, it, it really needs to be handled. I don't want to say in DMs always, but your goal shouldn't be to put someone like put the tournament organizers on blast. Uh, it's obviously really easy for me to say that since, you know, I'm, I helped run this some, I helped, or you know, I help with the league, et cetera. But the idea is if you're part of the community, you want it to be better. So your thought is, Hey, there's a big flaw here. Maybe I should reach out to somebody. You know, you don't want to like rally the troops and like yell at them. Hey, you guys screwed up, you know, or something like that. So, you know, if you do notice that we screw up or somebody else screws up in another tournament that's completely unrelated to us, then, you know, maybe reach out directly that way uh, instead of, you know, trying to put someone on blast. But not saying again, not, not, I'm not pointing at anybody, but it's my point was it's very important how you handle it. OK, so I said that now I'm going <laughs> to wear my voice out. I do want to point out one of these feedbacks here. I wrote it in and uh, it'll kind of be a segue, but uh line 11 uh, from
0: our champ who still with us. Uh, can't wait yes, to Floyd, def- thank you for sticking around. I'm sorry. We've been terrible hosts, but we appreciate having you here and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. here in a, a moment.
2: Can't <laughs> wait to defend my title next year. Just kidding. Helping <laughs> to mentor and crew a lot, uh, a lot more next year. So, I, I want to ask, since we have him here, uh, I, I'm assuming that means you do want to mentor, and I, I assume you want to try and defend the title by mentoring.
3: Yeah, I, I guess that's the uh, the only downfall of uh, the nature of the tournament is I'm relegated to mentoring. Yeah,
0: <laughs> very hard to make a case for you know being within yeah. the skill level, yeah, of the mentor tournament when you've won the previous year.
3: I may have said this
2: to but- Bum Rush last year, but think of it this way um at this point in this tournament no one can ever beat you again so yeah that's true you know because yeah. you because you're banned <laughs> like that's the, i mean you're just banned from playing so
1: <laughs> i
3: have to just uh settle for the exhibition races i guess yeah
2: but yeah so floyd did you um, have any any like you know since you're looking at this feedback form with us as well was there, was there anything that stuck out to you or anything else you want to kind of interject in like your own personal thoughts as far as uh you know, how this tournament went and, you know, stuff like that.
3: Uh, yeah, no, I thought it went great. Um, I I personally have no complaints, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, one of the things I saw a lot was the type of modes, which I can kind of see the point, especially later on in the brackets. I, I would like to see more modes, but I understand the nature. It's a learning tournament. Um, and I have a sickness for liking inverted seats for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but certainly I think key sanity or even that, uh, lightning mode, which I learned about last week mm-hmm. on go mode podcast, I, that would be a fun for maybe rounds one and two or our Swiss rounds one and two rather. Um, yeah. but, but my favorite and probably the, the closest comment, uh, closest to home was probably from the missing link that just says, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: Um, Yeah, I
1: think if you don't mind me jumping in again, maybe as kind of a final thought. What I've seen mostly is um, people not being happy with us quote unquote changing the format in the middle of it, you know, with the bracket decisions that you've already talked about earlier. Um, That was just the nature of the beast. We weren't really sure how it was going to work out. And that's what we decided on next time we will do it better. And uh, people apparently want a lot of best of threes instead of best of ones because of all the variants that you get from best of ones. And I understand that. But as we were saying while it was happening, we were trying to respect both the runners as well as the mentors time. Because I can see how the runners don't mind doing best of threes. But as a mentor, you know, not everyone is as invested as our top mentors and it's a lot of time you're investing for, you know, just being a nice guy essentially, which is always cool. And I'm glad we have a lot of people that do that, but you have to be respectful of that time. Yep. Someone, someone had a
3: comment. I think it was a uh, garrison, uh, suggesting, uh, in a best of three, only the first race is mentored. And two and three would be mentorless.
1: Yeah, yeah we stuff could, like that. The possible.
0: Yeah, we we thought about you know if it was a best of three, maybe the first one, maybe the first two are mentored. You know, or like you know if it goes to a game three, that's mentored. Or, you know, some kind of messing or messing around with it like that. Um, it's going to be very hard to change my mind from. The following, I have totally convinced myself that this is exactly how the mentor tournament needs to go next year. Um, So here's a little sneak peek. Uh, If you disagree with this, you've got, you know, probably about eight months to work on wearing me down and changing my mind. But I feel very strongly that this is how it's going to be. First thing, I think 48 people is the absolute sweet spot. Um, It allows us to be a little more critical about making sure that we have the right skill, you know, level of skill level for people. Um, And I think, you know, I I like the way that we did the, you know, signups of like, um, you know, it's a time frame rather than like first come, first serve. Then continue to do that and then get 48 people who are right in that like new rando spot. And those are our contestants. That's great for Swiss because that's a five-week Swiss to get to where we need to be. That's the recommended like minimum amount of weeks when you have 48 people is five. All five of those are mentored, I think you know, we learned this year that it wasn't too much of a strain with the new system to have a couple weeks in a row. Um, and it didn't seem like in week three that like mentors were like clamoring for that break. Like I kind of thought they would it Seemed like they appreciated it. it. seemed like the runners appreciated it more than the mentors, honestly, <laughs> like going, going without one for one week um, just to see what they learned. But yeah, I think five weeks is going to be the perfect sweet spot. All five of those are going to be mentored throughout Swiss. The other cool thing about 48 is that it gives us three brackets. and I think, you know, uh, you've got your courage, your wisdom, and your power. It's perfect. Um, you've got three brackets there. All of those are best of three uh, series between each other, and none of them are mentored. That is what I think. Change my mind. You've, Like I said, you've got about eight months to try and change my mind before the next one. But I'm convinced after the experience of last year and this year, that's kind of the perfect meshing of mentor versus not, best of threes, tournament length. I think that that hits the sweet spot for me. Any thoughts about that from from the panel? Mm, it mean, sounds
1: good to me on first first, I'm, you know, sweep.
0: I'm open to everything.
2: Um, I mean, we got a lot lot of time uh, to sure. to decide. So, yeah. uh, all of our first time listeners on this episode, and they're like, "I want to get involved in this next tournament." You 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 got a sneak peek, and you can join the Discord and start telling Temp if you like it or not.
0: That's right. Um, okay. Well, I guess that is, gosh, this is, this is it. I mean, this is probably the last time we'll talk about this mentor tournament again until like 2021. I feel pretty confident that we will do it again. I think this ran really smooth and people will, will want another one. I'm definitely looking forward to our our racers coming back and mentoring as you know, was the case mostly from 19 to 20, but, uh, yeah, this is it. We're, we're basically like, you know, doing that final uh, thing where we like look at the empty room and we like, you know, kind of like think fondly back on all the memories and then we turn the lights off and then we slowly shut the door and then the screen goes black. That's what we're doing to the mentor tournament 2020 right now. Is everybody comfortable with that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let me just put some of those sound effects in here and uh, we will um, (laughs) move on to our final segment. Oh, by the way, Floyd, are you cool to stick around with us? Answer some of these fetch questions. Yeah, sure. Sweet. All right. Let me uh, have an introspective moment and um, take one last look at the Mentor Tournament 2020 and then shut the door. All right, so we have two fetch questions this time. Uh, we have the aforementioned, you know, in the last episode, I mentioned we had a question, but it was very much related to mentor tour- Oh, I'm already talking about it again. I said I wasn't going to talk about it anymore, and here we are. Uh, it's sort of a mentor tournament question, so we've saved it for this week. Um, and it is from Carlson32, so that ties in really well with, you know, his, his story and talking about that. Uh, so Carlson32 writes Hey, gang. Thanks for all the hard work, particularly on the Mentor Tournament. It's appreciated more than you realize. I started playing about two months ago now and have made massive improvements, especially with the help from the podcast and tricks, etc. I started around 4.45 and have gotten my times down consistently to 2.20 and 2.40. The problem is I've started to hit a plateau of sorts. I've added tricks like Diver Down, Icebreaker, IPBJ, Fake Flipper, Serverless cannon, Spin Speed, Hook Speed... Houlihan, Herapot, Mountain Eastern Rooms, and Blind Script. That's most of our top ten, I think, so that's pretty good. Uh, Carlson goes on to say, At this point, I must be doing some incorrect routing, over-searching, or execution mistakes. If there is an episode in mind on plateauing or something to that effect, I'd be happy to listen, since, admittedly, being so new, I haven't gotten through every episode. Otherwise, I was curious if you guys had some thoughts and ways to break that ceiling and hit that sub two. And, again, that was one from, from uh, Carlson32. Well, GG to you, Carlson, because you got that sub, too. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, well,
1: Carlson, yeah. uh, I want to say you've successfully answered your own question and hit that sub, too. So thanks for writing in, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Things <laughs> that did not
2: age well, this question. Yeah. And this I think this is because of uh, – it, it was – this came in. What last like before last yeah, episode? Almost, like over but, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we yeah. wanted to, you know, incorporate it in with this thing. And what what what's great about this is kinda what Herf was saying. The fact that he has already PB'd and hit that one forty mark, like, that's fantastic. Like that is well under a sub two. So yeah. um and kind of my advice with this is, you know, a lot of times, you know, it, it's worth it to if you're playing seeds casually and you're trying to get a good time, it's worth it sometimes to just you know, go with your gut. If you get some items and you can go clear some dungeons, you can always bail out on what you're checking. It You know, it's not always the best play, but you can always bail out on what you're doing and go clear dungeons and hope that things show like the rest of the things show up along the way. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of people do. They try to make like an educated guess on that. And, you know, execution is king when it comes to just running through dungeons as well. So um, I would say, you know... One thing you could do to potentially help your times consistently get down is uh, I've plugged this before. Uh, check out that episode with Blaine. Uh, it's one of the earlier episodes, well before my time on the show. But uh, that episode is really good at explaining. You know, for newer runners, you're going to get higher dividends of return uh, as far as like learning tricks and learning like optimal movement and optimal ball strats and stuff like that. The airy episode, another or both parts of that with the bosses. Also, really good info there. Stuff I even learned from those episodes, so I would encourage those as well. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Go from, ahead, Eric. From my side to actually give some advice instead of just being a smartass, <laughs> uh, I I want to say to me this sounds uh, this also doesn't apply to Carlson anymore as we've heard earlier, but this sounds to me like a plateau that you hit when you're playing seats by yourself casually and you're trying to get better and better. But you have nobody to compare yourself to who is actually going fast, faster than you. So my advice here would be to just A, play more, which is, you know, the standard advice is just to keep going and keep at it. But play more races, uh, figure out, you know, play against someone, just some casual, get some casual people together, play a seat together, run a ladder race, play whatever you want. But then look and see, you know, okay, I finished at like 2.10 and my one of the guys finished at like one forty five. And then just pull up your gameplay and pull up their gameplay and compare uh, the routing decisions, the execution stuff that you could have done better, uh, things where you completely went the wrong direction for one reason or another. That's really the best way to get over this plateau.
0: Yeah. That's good advice. Um, So we have the distinct uh, advantage of knowing exactly when Carlson started, you know, having done one race before the tournament, he's, you know, maybe about three months in or so, um, probably up to about 15, 20 seats, I would guess. For me at least, and I think for a lot of people, this is the part where execution really matters. Execution and movement, I should say. Um, So I think um, this is the part where, like, this is basically the crossroads where it's like, do you want to like really get fast at this game or do you want to just kind of, kind of have fun with it and maybe always sort of be sort of slow because once you do make that decision, it's time to download the practice hack and like now you're practicing, you're, you're practicing a hobby kind of game sort of thing and you've sort of taken a next step. And I I think that if, if I had to guess that's probably what's next Uh, as far as like episodes to recommend um, I think the movement episode, Uh, I think about the stuff that I learned, you know, doing research for that episode every single time I play the game um, as far as, like, how to get into doorways, like Floyd was saying. That's a perfect example, Um, you know, uh, where you can dash, the best ways to do it. You know, like, I think that helps a lot. And that also assumes that you have a pretty good knowledge of the game, too, because once you're optimizing your movement, you need to optimize it in moving towards something that makes sense to be going towards, you know. so. Um, learning more about the game and actually getting out the practice hack and you know actually practicing some execution-based things, I think is you know the unfortunate uh, solution that that I would recommend because it's not super fun, but it will definitely definitely make you better. Um, uh, Floyd, what what are your thoughts uh, on, on on this discussion?
3: So, in regards to the the routing part, one of the things I found helpful for me when I was learning. Uh, rando was I would go back and watch, uh, VODs or YouTube of, you know, quote unquote high end runners. And then I'd pull up my own map tracker or item tracker and just track along as they ran their uh, seed. Hmm. And that really helped me with, you know, learning, you know, where everything is, but also seeing, you know, what opens up, what leads to what, and kind of, you know, better routing decisions.
0: Hmm. That's good. I never thought about doing that. I like that because then you see like you're kind of like in the passenger seat of the car they're driving instead of like watching the car go by. You know, like yeah. you, you, you see what they see at the same time they see it. And then you see their decisions that they made with that knowledge in front of them. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So,
3: you you know, they get an item and you see oh, that opens up two or three. Which one are they going to go for? Yeah. You know, And when it's, you know, these higher end players, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing. They know their percentages and, and where to go. So, yeah.
0: It's good stuff. I'm going to try that. <laughs> um, and then we had another question. It's kind of a, a quicker one uh, in our Discord in the you know questions channel there. So this one was from Voids01. And uh, I like this question a lot. Voids01 asked, curious to hear everyone's thoughts on warming up slash stretches to preserve wrist slash hand muscles, especially with Tim's percussion background. Um, so, yeah, I do have a little bit of experience in this. Back when I was in drum corps and, you know, in the middle of the summer, we would – have literally like 12 hour practice days and you're going to be playing a lot and you're going to stretch your hands out. So one of the things we do is like, if you hold your hand out like directly in front of you, like you're doing a stop, um, we'd pull, you know, pull your fingers back and you want to pull them back, you know, to where about to like where you think you could. And then maybe just like a little bit further, not like a real strain, but just, um, you know, like getting, getting things kind of loosened up. Uh, That was one that we did a lot for, you know, like holding, you know, drumsticks and mallets and stuff that was particularly helpful um i will admit i don't really do stretches for video games like maybe i should uh but i normally i don't think i play enough to like really get a lot of fatigue in my hands uh from a controller um i use the like super nintendo iBuffalo controller and i've i've, I've always been okay with it but just general like hand stretches you know also like a if you like massage your palm um, you know, with your thumb of your other hand, that, that can be good too, to kind of get you loosened up. Um, that's about all I got honestly on that topic. Uh, again, you know, that's kind of from a percussion background. I don't really do that much for video games, but Dante, i I'm definitely curious to hear your thoughts on, on stretching. Cause I know you're, you're a very active fella. So uh, what are your <laughs> uh,
2: stretching, um, for me personally is a bunch of crap. Uh, I only do it when I get hurt, so that'll tell you something. Maybe I should do it more, but uh, that's involving the weightlifting. I don't really, I don't think I've gotten hurt playing rando yet, so Mm -hmm. maybe one day.
0: Um, (laughs) I I feel like that's a pretty hot take that stretching is bad. Uh, I've heard other people say that, but it seems like a hot take. If you're super
2: stiff or if it's like first thing in the morning as far as like physical activity, then yeah, I'm going to stretch because when I wake up in the morning, I move around more, more so like an old man than I already am. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's middle of the day and I want to do squats, well, I'm going to go put a really, really light weight on the bar and I'm going to do, you know, 10 reps. And that's technically my stretch. I'm stretching that specific movement. That's kind of my thought. Now, if you, your mileage may vary and, you know, it's not something that has to be done. I will say for Rando, if your hands are tight, you know, something along those lines, um, P Train put a very good video. Uh, displaying like some hand stretches that he does uh, mm. for uh, in the Discord. So I think that's a I watched that actually, and I think that's a fantastic uh, explanation. So that that's kind of my plug of go join our Discord if you haven't, and that way you can see it. But it, it's pretty in depth, and I I was kind of doing it along with him, and I'm like I'm not even coordinated enough to do this. How do I play this game? So um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's uh I, I guess my take is. I really don't do a lot of stretching. The only warming up I really do playing is I, I make sure that my fingernails are the right length to hover. And if they're not, then I just know, don't do it this race. And then, then I play the game. <laughs> that's that's about <laughs> it.
0: Nice. Um, okay, yeah, that's that's good stuff. Uh, Floyd or Herf, do you guys have any thoughts on this? It's okay if you don't, but if you have any thoughts, uh, you know. I mean, not really.
1: I don't think it's a bad thing if you want to do that. I was also gonna mention p-trans video I personally don't do anything like that only because I think I'm a big enough nerd That I play so many video games and so much of it uh, That I have a controller in my hand all the time basically when I have free time That I just don't think I really need to my hands are used to being on a controller.
0: You have muscular fingers.
1: Not really, but I mean, (laughs) I have nerd fingers.
0: (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Nice. Okay. All right. Well, that is going to do it uh, for this episode. We'll go ahead and uh, wrap things up here. Uh, As always, you can email the show. Email uh, at gomodepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at Podcast, and uh, there's that Discord that's in the link in the description. Um, I want to give another huge uh, congratulations and GG, and also a thank you to Floyd for joining us here today. Floyd, it's been a, it's been a pleasure uh, having you along for this.
3: Yeah, thanks. It's been fun.
0: Um, do you want to plug your Twitch or any other like social? This is your chance to pretty much say whatever you want for free on the show, so whatever you got, go for, for it. For free! For free. <laughs> for free. No money.
3: If 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 people feel like they want to come watch me run races or just casual seeds, I'm at uh, Twitch.tv/slash floyd forty um, four. I play sometimes. I race sometimes. Sometimes I win. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you mostly just do rando?
3: Yeah, mostly rando. Occasionally, I'll pop in another retro game or something. And in the very rare occasions in the not summer of Phoenix, I do some woodworking.
0: Ooh. Ooh and you'll, nice. you'll like stream that kind of thing on Twitch.
3: Yeah. I've streamed it before. Oh,
0: nice. So, uh, yeah, everybody check that out. Twitch.tv slash Floyd 44. Uh, I'm at twitch.tv slash underscore. Um, Oh, I need to think of a shout out this week. What do y'all go
1: ahead? Uh, all right. Well, you can find me if I ever stream again at twitch.tv slash. <laughs> And (laughs) my shout-out this week goes to uh, Moon, uh, a game that was just recently released on the Switch. Uh, It had never been released in the West before, I believe. Uh, It's a Japanese uh, RPG from the PS1 era. And the premise is uh, that you're a little boy who gets sucked into uh, into an RPG world, and you have to clean up all the messes that the hero leaves behind on his journey to kill the big bad dragon. Well, and you fun. have to collect the love of all the people and help them out with the little problems that they have, like a poor dog getting chased out of town by the hero because he thinks it's a monster dog that's attacking him and stuff like that.
0: It's called Moon?
1: It's called Moon, yes.
0: Right, check that out. That sounds cute. Dante, what do you got?
2: Um, I really. Shout outs to uh, the league being back and uh, my stress level rising. So uh,
0: <laughs> that's shout outs to the high blood pressure. Woo.
2: Yeah. No, Woo. Uh, nah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. That's kind of like the big plug right now. Um, and, you know, obviously yeah. more details to come, as we talked about earlier in this episode that has mm-hmm. yet to be recorded. <laughs> Tim can edit that out.
0: <laughs> that's right. There won't be. I won't need to edit anything because it, it'll all sound perfect to the to the listener. Um, I guess I'm just going to shout out The Legend of Korra. That shouldn't be too much of a surprise. Uh, you all heard me say that I was on the Avatar The Last Airbender train. Finished that up. It was exquisite. And now The Legend of Korra is on Netflix, and that's a direct sequel. And then guess what? It's also amazing. Who knew? Of, of course it is. So, yeah. Shout out to Legend of Korra on Netflix. Check it out. Only if you've watched Avatar The Last Airbender first, because obviously it's going to spoil a lot of things for you if you haven't. Um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, folks on iTunes that have left us a review. Uh, Huge thank you to Jared one one five for leaving a very nice review. And then another person who left us five stars, but did not uh, write anything down. So thank you to both of you. If you want to help us out with the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. Um, If you're able to leave us an iTunes review, we definitely appreciate that. We are at 46 right now. We're trying really hard to get to 50 before the end of the year. So um, we would love your help in doing that if you enjoy the show. Other thing you can do is we now have a donate button at the uh, in the link of our uh, episode description. So um, th- also thank you to those of you who donated last week. We very, very much appreciate that. Um, if you feel like you know throwing some bucks our way for some crazy, crazy reason, you can do that by using the link in the episode description here. And we super appreciate that. But again, don't feel like you got it because we're going to keep making episodes either way. Uh, That's going to do it for us this time. We will see you again in two weeks. Another thank you to our guest for joining us. And uh, on behalf of my co-hosts, signing out, let's go ahead and mirror out.